and welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. As you've heard, the CD player is broken, so Colin Buchanan is helping me with some music. I'm Richard Glover, and this week with the real music, it's the song and dance man himself, Mike McClellan! And our panel, Wendy Harmer, Colin Buchanan and James O'Loughlin. And our lovely audience this week, drawn from Thrill, Wollongong, Wagga Wagga, Penguin Head and Birmingham in the UK! Oh. Oh. But first... I'm so glad Colin was here. I didn't want, no, I didn't want no. to sing. You've got to come every week. <laughs> you come every week until the CD player's fixed, all right? <laughs> uh, but first, the ABC, actually, that could be a long that time. Be a long it could. Uh, first, here is the uh, news from nowhere, as, as usual. Now, here's a weird but true fact. The Australian wine and beer industries were developed with the aim of limiting alcohol abuse. This is actually true. You may see the flaw in the logic, but at the time, no-one else did. In early Sydney, the real villain was rum, and if you could just replace the spirits with something lighter, all would be calm and peaceful. That was the government's belief. So, as a result, the first Australian brewery opened in Parramatta, 16th, 16th of September... 1804, all funds paid for by the government. The aim, to flood the colony with so much beer that people would become sober. (laughs) When this didn't work out, extensive vineyards were planted with the same lofty ambition. Now, some 200 years on, uh, the expected outbreak of sobriety has yet to occur, but you never know. Uh, Why, you may ask, were the early colonials so worried about rum? Well, the problem was that it had become the local currency. People were paid in rum, and so it was used to then purchase goods. And the government concluded this was a bad idea, partly because it created this existential crisis for customers who were in a tavern and trying to buy rum. I'd like a quart of rum, please. Certainly, sir. That will cost you a quart of rum. (laughs) Uh, Second problem, it was hard to convince people not to drink their change. Um, By the time I was a teenager, some years later, Australia was swimming in grog, largely due to the invention of the wine cask. Now, among its features... The collapsible internal bag kept the wine from oxidising even once it had been opened... Two, the empty bag could be reinflated to serve as either a pillow if one had consumed too much or a silver disco ball if one had consumed just the right amount. And third, with a wine cask, no one quite knew how much you were drinking. And of all the features, it was that third which was by far the most popular. It uh, covered the... The combination, the, the distance between the first bottle and the second bottle, the second <laughs> bottle and the third bottle. Uh, others went for bottled wines, of course, which were suddenly being advertised with catchy new names like Porphyry Pearl, who remembers that? Pineapple Pearl, Cold Duck, April Gold, Mardi Gras, and perhaps most famously, the locally made Asti Spumanti. Yes. The name of which was said to quite accurately describe the effect. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, during my youth, most of that sea of alcohol was consumed in the form of beer, but at least some came in the form of cocktails, which inexplicably usually involved dairy products. Now, as a young student <laughs> at the ANU, I worked as a function waiter, and I'd serve drinks at the ANU refectory at events often involving 500 guests. The moment of terror would arrive with the first order for a fluffy duck or brandy Alexander. I'd request the drink from the barman and deliver it, knowing that half the women in the room would be simultaneously turning to their partner, saying, could I have one of those too? <laughs> and later that night, I'd do the washing up and realise how hard it is to remove dried cream from 200 glasses. <laughs> the, the men, meanwhile, would be combining the dregs of the white wine carafes with the dregs of the red wine carafes to create a late-night brew we used to call ANU Rosé. <laughs> and quite often there were a fair number of cigarette butts in there as well. <laughs> but none of that worried the dedicated, committed drinkers of the time. Stranger still in this period were the laws about bona fide travellers. Do you remember those? In, in most Australian states you could order a drink on a Sunday, but only if you could prove that you were from out of town. So... On any given Sunday, everyone in, say, Armidale would drive down the hill to Tamworth, spend three hours in the pub before weaving back up the hill, swerving occasionally to avoid the people from Tamworth who'd <laughs> conducted the whole operation in reverse. Instead of banning drink driving, the law made it mandatory. So cheers to Australia, the nation with the weirdest attitude to grog. And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, we have Wendy, Colin, James. Hello. Yeah, just Welcome. remember, yes. without it, you'd be sober, so don't go on too yeah, hard. Yeah, don't go on too hard. Exactly right. Um, now, let's check you up with this week's news. Who was budgeting on winning your favour this week? Uh, well, there's the story of the budget, obviously. You know, I got that from the word budgeting. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things to say about it. Whenever there's a, a budget near an election, there's always... Well, there's sweeteners, pork barrelling, <laughs> whatever they're called, pork barrels, <laughs> pork bellies. <laughs> there's all that sort of Ooh, stuff. Yum. And, and it's seen as a bribe to the electorate. You know, here's a new sports field, here's a tax cut. But it's a pretty weird sort of bribe when you get bribed with your own money. Mm. <laughs> Um, it, it's almost like, you know, the new sports field is paid by us. It's almost like someone going up to you, Wendy or Richard, yeah. and saying, look, if you get me on your show to talk about my new book, I'll give you 50 bucks. And you go, yeah, because you would, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, good, can I just have 50 bucks and I'll give it back to you? That, that's kind of what they're, what they're doing. The other thing is they've talked about being back in black and there's two things that are horrible about that. One is back in black is an iconic, great, hard rock album and what could be less rock and roll than a budget <laughs> and even worse, one that's in bloody surplus. Um, and also there is a surplus, that was the other big thing about it, but it's a projected surplus which means it shouldn't really, and you don't know whether it's going to happen or not, it shouldn't really be back in black, it should be back in grey. Yeah. It, well, it, no, it was only last month they said it was okay to be white. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember... Um, in year five, we get to make policy speeches to be on the school council oh, in primary yeah, school yeah. or school captain. And, How'd you uh, go? Uh, I'd rather not talk about <laughs> it now, James, especially on the radio. But uh, I do remember there were a couple of kids, it might have been Brad Parry, who said, if I'm elected school captain, we'll build a pool. And all the kids thought, wow, <laughs> that's great. 
And another one who said, uh, I can't remember who it was, uh, it might be Kev- Kevin Lanane, although he was a naughty boy. He said, I'll get lollies, lollies in the tuck shop. That was, yeah. was going to be yeah. it. And we got back to year five and Mrs. Shan said, the kids were going, wow, how about the pool and the lollies? And she said, they're both idiots. <laughs> Don't vote for them. You know, and I felt like when I heard when I heard but the budget and the budget reply, I thought, can I find Mrs. Shand? <laughs> She's gonna know. She's gonna know what just happened. You know, but I think some of us sort of know already. Okay. What did you make of it, Wendy? Well, I loved. Uh, I thought the best uh, line was uh, related to us on the breakfast show by Barry Cassidy. <laughs> he says, he said the government's budget was a bit like the bloke who turns up five minutes before midnight on Valentine's Day with a bunch of flowers from the local servo. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. I, I just don't know why the budget night is such a big deal because it's a work of fiction. Mm. It lasts 24 hours before it's mugged by the cold reality of dawn and uh, no-one wants to watch it anyway. I had a look at the ratings. Now, about 750,000 people watch the budget Wow! compared with one point. Eight nine million who watched Married at First Sight. Wow. So, which would you rather watch? You know yeah. about this joke. A show about toxic relationships <laughs> where the protagonists gaslight, gossip and manipulate and tear each other to shreds with a nasty win-all mentality? Or, or Married at First Sight. Thank you. I'm here all week. Yes. You brought that home. You brought that home. <laughs> She brought that old joke home. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was going to stumble in the straight. No, 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 no. no way. I got no. Now, who Actually, the interesting thing yeah. about that was there were more accountants watching Married at First Sight than the budget. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably uh, when it, who has who has it to a T when it comes to cheating at golf? What's oh, this about? This is yeah, unbelievable. Our friend yeah. Donald, right? Mm. When you're cheating at golf, really, it's uh, it's I don't know. So there's a new book come out. That's right. That, Details. How this is often called, he... yeah. The book is called. It's by Rick Riley, who's a sports writer, and it's called Commander in Cheat: How <laughs> Golf Explains Donald Trump. And he just cheats like a bugger yeah. the whole time. So he's known to be a, ch- a golfer. Well, cheat. he well, when he, no. well, he cheats in front of people. He, he cheated while he was playing with Tiger Wood. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. you kind of have to. The, book, the book's got the book's quite a good bit of journalism. It's got hundreds of quoted people, caddies, and yeah. and, and people like so this saying they a... actually see him. In, in one case, he's he's competing against a quite famous, I think, NRL sports guy, and who get, does this fantastic hit and it lands on the green and it's absolutely straight as a and. But by the time he gets and, yeah. and Trump goes in front of him, and by the time he gets there, the ball is in the sand. <laughs> and and later on, the caddy said he got there. It was within three feet of the hole. He picked it up and he threw it in. The- wow! <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's not good. Because I thought it might yeah. have been the exploding ball, like I, you know the, the you know the ball that's made out of plaster, and and you swap it over, and then. Barry goes for the big swing and poof, the ball goes. And I thought it might have been something benign like that. But this is actually full-blown cheating. Yeah, yeah, is that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Mind yeah. you, mm. when you lie about where your father was born and Trump's father, Fred, was born in New York City despite Donald saying three times his father was born in Germany, it's probably pretty all over Red Rover. And I was thinking about that, all over Red Rover. Did you ever play that as a kid at school, Red what? Rover, Red Rover? What a segue. 
Do you read? Yeah, I know. It's, this is terrific. You, I gave you this a lot be, of thought. You should be in radio. I gave really it a lot winning. of thought. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a game we used to play where two teams line up opposite. You link hands and you call someone from the opposite team to sort of run at you and try to break through the line. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to call out, for instance, uh, you call out, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Richard right over, and then you'd run at the line. And I was thinking perhaps when Donald Trump played that as a kid, they called out, Red Rover, Red Rover, send, send <laughs> And Donald right over and he said, I can't. I have bone spurs. <laughs> I could. And, and I was yeah. thinking maybe, maybe in the playground when it was his turn to play tunnel ball, he just said, build a wall and year four can pay for it, maybe. Uh, so, but it is, you know, it's still, whatever, whatever you might say about the current leadership of the US, it's still the land of the free. Like the, the greatest, most famous golf cheat was Kim Jong-un. Yeah. The- and if someone had written a book about that, not only would the book have been pulped, the author would have been too. Yeah. Uh, so at least America hasn't got that bad. Well, the former North Korean dictator, he had, he had five holes in one, according to his own account, in one game. Wow. Yeah, that's it. He, he was yeah. very... Yeah, that's right. That wasn't putt-putt, was it? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, it seems odd to me cheating at something that you don't need to win. Like, I get people cheating at the Olympics because you win and you get... You know, everyone treats you like you're important. But a casual game of golf, it's sort of like, you know, breaking the speed limit to get to jail. You know, yeah, to get yeah, to yeah. somewhere you don't really want to go. No. Hey, I won. Who cares? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It seems it. unfortunate. Right, uh, I was going to say just there's so much cheating in sport anyway, like the Australian cricket and so forth, but yeah. mm. really not cheating is really the problem, isn't it? It seems like everyone <laughs> cheats in sport. We just want and a so, level playing So I'm it. just on Donald's side. I think this is, I think this is a fake book. <laughs> it's not a real book. It's a fake, fake, fake book. Oh, wait. It's a fake book. Everyone laugh. <laughs> That is cheating. <laughs> yeah. That's cheating. Uh, okay, last question from this week's news. Who, the CD's who, still broken. That's who, the problem. Who is muscling in on a new life? Who is muscling in on oh, a new well, life? Oh, well, this is a fantastic story. This is Barnaby Joyce's ex-wife, Natalie. Did you see the photos of her in the yeah. paper? Oh, wow. She's become a bodybuilder and she's won two medals in her first competition. She's lost 15 kilos and uh, she said she did it for her daughters, really. Oh, yeah, I know where that. <laughs> yep. I, I've, <laughs> I've seen that playbook. I've, I've, uh, I have. Well, Any... your daughter's here. Are you going to make a commitment no, no, to her? No. Yeah, She's yeah. in this room. Any yeah. scorned so ex proud. knows exactly where this is coming from. This is from the, oh, yeah, I'll show you playbook. Yeah, exactly. That's where it's don't, coming don't, don't from. Don't the score, you normally just get a haircut, don't you? You just get normal. Well, this a... is, look, here, but I've, done, I've gone a little bit further myself. Off Richard on this one. I look after a hideous breakup. Yeah, I got a haircut. I lost weight. That's pretty standard. But then I had a really hideous breakup in my 30s. So I wrote a best selling book about it called Love Gone Wrong. Then I put together a one woman show of the same name. I toured it nationally. Then I took it to the Edinburgh Festival. So now the humiliation is on an international wow. scale, which was pretty good. That's amazing. Then, so that is good. I, I wasn't finished there. Really? I wrote a chick lit about it called Love and Punishment, in which he's only thinly disguised. I called him Nick in the book, and his real name is Patrick. <laughs> 
That's 17 Smith Street. <laughs> but the best revenge I had... 0407. <laughs> the best revenge I had, and this is just perfect, on, was on the night of my wedding, which he attended, and I found out later he'd slept the night under a tree in Rushcutters Bay Park. Oh. So mission accomplished. Gee, that's, but, yeah, that's look, pretty hard. All, so Natalie's got a few more things look, to do, I you think? think <laughs> look, I really... I dips me a Kubra to Natalie for this one because it's pretty overt, isn't it? And you, and you say, it's pretty much like saying, I could put you in a headlock right yeah. this minute. Yeah. I mean, I, the only thing more she maybe could have done is to start a new political party called Barnaby Joyce's Ex, <laughs> running the seat of New, New England at the next, next election. And I think she might win. She, might, she just well. might win. What do you think? It is an inspiring story, Mr O'Loughlin. As was Wendy's, and uh, both of them are, are wonderful. I mean, although I've got one of myself. I, uh, myself, a long time ago when someone dumped me, I got drunk every night for two months. Yeah. Um, They'll show them. And that's... <laughs> thanks. Yeah. That's yeah. harder than you think. Like, yeah. you think that's easy, but after about 15, you think, God, I don't want to get drunk. But you have to, you know, so <laughs> it did require some uh, commitment. Well, I, I, I read a bit about what... Um, uh, what the um, Natalie had yeah. uh, changed her diet as well, and she said she'd cut out sugar, cut out bad fats, and cut out unfriendly carbs. Mm. A term mm. I've never heard before. I just got an image of a potato going, Oi! Yeah. What are you, what are you looking, looking at? at? What are you looking at? Off. When she said yeah. she's cut out unpleasant fats, they should have said, Don't talk about Barnaby like that. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, Actually, just James, that wouldn't be the first potato to give you the eye, would it? <laughs> Very good. Play that little ditty you got. <laughs> yeah. But also it's admirable because bodybuilder these days is a very ambiguous term. It could mm. just mean fake stuff inserted. So she's doing yeah. it the proper She's way. doing the real way. She's won yeah. two medals already. It's an inspiring story. Uh, it yeah. is. It shows that uh, inspiring and... Um inspirational and slightly weird aren't mutually exclusive in my mind. But uh, but I'd never say that to her because she's a bodybuilder now. Yeah. Ah, she can have you in her headline. Don't mess with the Natmeister. Uh, now, we have Wendy Harmer, Colin Buchanan and James O'Loughlin. It was April Fool's this week in which the media traditionally makes up absurd news stories. Only trouble at the moment, most of the real stories seem absurd all the time. So which news events of recent times do you suspect are simply April Fool's jokes delivered on the wrong day? James O'Loughlin. Well, there's the low-hanging fruit of anything to do with Trump, obviously, um, which could have been April Fool any day for the last three or four years. <laughs> um, but Scott Morrison, on his budget, I think, said, this is a demonstration of what the Australian people expect us to do to get the job done compared with Labor's talk. Um, I thought that was April Fool because Scott Morrison would surely know that when you're in opposition like Labor, that's all you can do. Like, you can't actually do anything else apart <laughs> from talk. That's what opposition is. It's talking about what you do if you are in government. The only real alternative to that is to, I guess, stage a coup. Um, Maybe he was calling on them to do that. Yeah, yeah but perhaps he was prompting that. Just, just have a go. Yeah. Yeah. Stop talking. Wait, Wendy Harmer, do you read some stories just well, seem... I saw a lovely one. This is a real news item and it was put out by London's um, Fire Brigade. And this was ahead of April Fool's Day and they put out a public service announcement and they implored the, uh, the, Lon the Londoners to use a bit of common sense and avoid unnecessary calls as April Fool's Day approaches. And they listed some of the most annoying call-outs they've had. And uh, the first one, a pigeon stuck in a chimney in Richmond. 
someone called the fire brigade there. <laughs> a hamster stuck between a toilet and a wall in Tower <laughs> Hamlets. And a bus driver locked in a toilet at a bus stand in Lambeth. <laughs> And I was looking at this and I just had to ask myself, you know, it's so interesting, why the British are making so many calls to 999 about being Mm. stuck in things, (laughs) while in the US the calls to 911 are mostly about people pulling guns at fast food outlets. So I thought that was interesting. And then I had another little think about this and I thought, well, maybe it explains why on grand designs in Britain everyone wants to build a bit of a massive house so they don't get stuck in things. And they haven't got any guns to shoot stuff when they do get stuck in things. Mm. And then in America, they've got massive houses, but they can't find the kitchen. They've shot all the hamsters. They've got no buses. They have to shoot hamburgers instead. (laughs) So anyway, this was just a theory of mine. You are making some amazing connections between different things. (laughs) I think I was drinking when I wrote that. I think I may have because it's made no sense to me now. No, tonight though, after a few more, you are going to come up with something brilliant that no one's ever thought of before. The key to Brexit. That's your job yeah. tonight. Thank you. Uh, Colin, uh, you know, April Fool's, I think, is mm. no longer working because most of the news it seems is. absurd. In fact, just in... Re- you know, I like to do my research, which I think is obvious to most of the listeners. They'd, they'd uh, breath of fresh air. I've had uh, people say, breath of fresh air, your research, <laughs> Colin. Um, uh, they tweet me. Um, uh, I, I did a little bit of research and I, I went to the Google machine, as we call it, and mm. I did top stories of 2018. And one of the first results that came up was from the Western Australian newspaper. So, obviously... This Internationally? Is uh, yeah, yeah, this. I just... Well, no, so just in Western Australia. That's, no, no, I wasn't. I was in New South Wales, James, at the time. Right, I was, I was, yeah, yeah, and uh, in Heathcote, actually. Uh, this is a, this is fascinating. Which is the centre of the world. It so. is. It is. It is. It, uh, and it was the top ten stories of yeah. 2018. Mm. Number two. This is the top stories for the world from the Western Australian newspaper. Number two, former former West Coast Eagle player Sam Butler and wife Natasha split. Yeah. Wow. So, no, I'm not. I'm not happy about that. I mean, I I'm, I wish them well, and you know, but. Uh, because it's, it's not often you get a former West Coast Eagle story that isn't Ben Cousins. Yeah, yeah well, that's so. true too. Number four, big knickers, a standout on Mile Up Farm. That's that huge, the big cow. Yeah, that's the that huge big cow. Yep. cow. That's number four for 2018. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Just, uh, you you, you know get, Nickers. You remember Nickers, right? The you big remember cow. Nickers. Who the, was uh, named Nickers because his best friend was called Bra. That's true. (laughs) Don't look at me like that, Wendy. I don't make these things up. Uh, Number seven, you had to get to number seven. This is just, you know, I know. Uh, Number seven, you had to get uh, that. It took that long to get to politics and it was Tiffany Trump confirms Donald Trump loves eating at McDonald's. So uh, anyway, so uh, the Western Australian, your news... Source. Yes. yes. Uh, so this great. is a song about the West Australian newspaper's news judgment. No, no it, this song has nothing to do with that. And, uh, it's a Johnny Cash song. One of the last Johnny Cash... Sorry. One of the last Johnny Cash songs. <laughs> I turned on the news and it shocked me to see Bill Shorten and ScoMo seem to agree. The light rail was finished, the metro complete... And the M5 was flowing as smooth as can be. I looked up and cursed. It's April the 1st. I fell for the scam. What a ning-nong I am. What more can I say? It's April's Fool's Day today. 
When the spin gets you in like a beautiful sound When there's surplus of surplus, there's a circus in town <laughs> When they promise to promise to dry every tear It can happen on any old day of the year When I look up and curse like it's April the 1st I fell for that scam, what a ning-nong I am It's a very Johnny Cash word, <laughs> ning-nong <laughs> What more can I say, it's April Fool's Day today Double chorus, Carter family, join in Am I off in a dream? Or oh, don't join in, that's fine Because I just made up this song today I don't expect you to know it, Wendy Am I off in a dream? Is that all that it seems? Is the truth they told you just too good to be true? They can do it and just walk away Because it's April Fool's Day <laughs> Colin, Johnny Cash, the cannon. Just with payment too. It's cash only. <laughs> Are you ready for the wheel of death? Yeah, the wheel of death, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when a uh, lovely audience came in here, they threw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are goat services, pigs, corn, Easter show. Rock Not Pacific Oyster, Glory, Chooks, Vitamin C, Election, Vertigo, Budget, Horse and Wind. It's very agricultural, yeah. this word. Well, they're, they're, they're all small, simple words, yeah, which yeah. I, I, I make no comment on the audience, and, but they're very small, simple words. Any fill you full of fear or you're, you're up for all of them? Uh, all, uh, they all do fill me full of fear, <laughs> as they always do. All right, round and round and round it goes where it stops. No one knows. Today's topic is horse. <laughs> Horse, oh. horse, horse. So the challenge here will be not to talk about horses. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because that's not the topic. The topic is uh, a horse, um, not a specific one, I guess. Or they would have said, yeah, what's a horse name? Uh, Bunty or Winks. Mr. I guess. God, you guys, you don't have many good words, but you're flying high in the races. Um, <laughs> Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed, but, you, but just horse. <laughs> it's a, well, a horse is a is a... Fine. Sorry? Horse of horse of yes. horse. Yes, thank you, thank I've you. I've never known um, anyone to be as heckled as you. Like, we're, 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 only, we're only 30 seconds in, yeah, and there's, there's some first-timers here who are terrified about just being on the radio. I, I know, but at least it was, it was a good one, and it, it helped. Um, <laughs> look, a horse is, let's go to basics, shall we? A horse is, a, is an animal, we're animals. Uh, they don't ride us. Yeah. That would be... That would be difficult unless yeah. you're uh, yeah. a bodybuilder, I assume, then it would be easier because you'd be stronger. Yeah. We ride them, and that is inherently wrong. Does Winx, <laughs> who's a horse, know that Winx is winning races? Does Winx care? Do they, and I'm not picking on Winx, <laughs> despite the oddness of it. You know, if Winx had been coming eighth, everyone would just be paying out in its name. But, oh, no, you can't do that because it's a superstar. Um, <laughs> Winx, what a great name. Uh, so, um, and it's got nothing to do with its eyes. Um, James, can I interrupt there? Just you gave me a thought. Yeah, you good. know, you've seen I'm Planet because I was hoping I'd have one. No, but you've I haven't seen. Yet. <laughs> I was just thinking they've done uh, Planet of the Apes, the movie where the tables yes. are turned on the apes. So, like Planet of the Horses, 
Yes. Do, do the horses ride the humans in Planet of the Horses? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great... I think if they did that, they wouldn't be in a stable condition. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. very good. Okay, open up the pun Yeah, now. at the moment the I'm coming third. Uh, if we did a straw poll, I'd be yeah. coming third. Uh, <laughs> Come on! I actually, you, you've heard of... What's a centaur? Yeah. Half man or woman. Half horse yes. or horse. <laughs> and you, Or filly. Or filly. <laughs> Uh, I actually had an expert on the radio once many years ago and said, could a centaur anatomically exist? And he said, yes, but its neck would stick out the way they'd have to join. Its neck would stick out like straight out of its body parallel to the ground and the face would be just staring at the earth. It would be impossible for it to raise its neck. I've written to the Harry Potter people and other people with centaurs in their films asking them to go back and amend that so the centaurs are going along, kind of like a battering ram, staring down. None of them have even replied, which I think is... That's terrible. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. the word I was I was going for. But keep yeah. jumping in. No, no. Uh, <laughs> it's helping. It's good. Yeah. Um, I've ridden a horse and I felt guilty. And then the, yeah. the I did because um, because you know what have I got to give it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was essentially my slave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And some people the power would definitely go to your head, but I'm not like that. Yeah. Um, so I got off and I tried to carry it. Um, <laughs> hence my sore back. Uh, probably yeah. now it's good. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Riding along on my horse named Horse. <laughs> I love it. I, of course. <laughs> With a horse like that, you could communicate using Morse. Damn, I was just, yeah, that's good. That's very good. I was, I was going to go with, I'd like to talk to it, but it can't answer back. It just stamps its foot, I guess it's Morse. <laughs> Neither of them degrade, obviously. Uh, but really, just to sum things up and tie them together as I like to when I do these things in a, in a tight ball so you can go home and really give your family the logline of what it was. Horses aren't us. We're not horses. ScoMo didn't even mention them in the budget, no. which <laughs> makes you think that if a coup's coming from anywhere, it's not Bill Shorten in his slightly too big suit. It's yes. from all the time. It's like he's been permanently losing weight for five years. Uh, <laughs> it's always a bit too big. It's from the horses because we exploit them, we take their money, we give them an ice cream if they win, yeah. but we're the ones that buy the Mercedes. And I just think... It's wrong. It's yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's Does he die? No, he lives. It was close. Oh, yeah. It was thank definitely God a ball. There, are, uh, there are a lot and of... And thank you to my colleagues. For well, there are a lot of naysayers in the audience tonight. <laughs> oh, very good. I made a pun. Yes, you know yes, what? That's probably the third pun. It is, I, I, the, last time I went, the last time I went riding was about three years ago in New Zealand. And we went to this farm and they had rides. And there was this sign saying 80 kilo limit. And, but they didn't have any measuring equipment. So uh, they, the guy said, mate, are you, 80, are you under 80 kilos? And I said, oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, um, and, and as I approached the horse, I could just see the horse turn to me. <laughs> and the look of... Tell him he's dreaming. <laughs> in those horsey yeah. eyes. Yeah, the horse is like, uh, even I know 80 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they can say a lot with a little. 
Horses. They can't sell. Just with a look. Exactly. You know exactly what they're thinking. Now, a, a new book by Jessica Rowe has been published this week. It's called Diary of a Crap Housewife. <laughs> it was published detailing her various failures of cooking and housekeeping. On, on radio, uh, lots of listeners rang up to agree with Jessica and recount their own low standards, including a bloke <laughs> with an excellent system of ironing his clothes. Just take your clothes after you've washed them, straighten them out, lift the mattress up, put them under the mattress, and if it's going to be a big weekend, you put another set under the other side of the mattress. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and we all agree. It's wonderful because the heavier and fatter the bloke, the better yeah. the better the ironing. Yeah. That's it. Wow. I, I just wonder if he kind of abruptly moved out and forgot one. Someone had come like 50 years later and think, oh, my God, he died under his mattress. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, com- he's completely dissolved. Evaporated. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, anyway, that was, that was our caller, Max, this that's week. Nice, nice. What housekeeping shortcuts do you recommend? Can, can you match him, Wendy? Well, I don't think Jessica and I would get on that well. <laughs> If she doesn't do the dusting. I just want to tell you a little story here. This is, you remember two decades ago, there was the US pop psychotherapist Richard Carlson. He so you're doing it again. You're no, doing no, this I'm, incredible yeah, tangential thing. No, it's no, amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. No, well, it's not that tangential, I promise. Uh, he published this book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm. He mm. sold 25 million copies. Maybe you got a copy somewhere under a very fine layer of dust somewhere because... <laughs> That's the thing that drives me absolutely crazy. It's the small things. Mm. It's not the big things. It's the lint. It's the dust. It's the crumbs. And, you know, I I would never write that book because, yes, he says to us, will this matter a year from now? He asks us to step back from the small stuff, right? Now, I wouldn't have ever written that book. He says because it it matters now to me and it will matter even more a year from now. Wow. Right. And here is the proof. According to a study of 2,000 Australian households, women initiate divorce more than men do and the day they do it, the day they make the appointment with a lawyer is New Year's Day. That's the day that's mostly booked. And that's because women look at the calendar, realise that the same time last year they asked themselves, will it matter a year from now? And it bloody well did. (laughs) And that's why they picked up the phone. So don't underestimate the small... Like the lint in the dryer. Why am I the only one that cleans the lint in the dryer? It's got written on the front of the dryer, if you don't take the lint out of the dryer, the appliance will burst into flames. Mm. But apparently I'm the only one who can do it. So there's no escaping... I'm sorry to say... Is, is, to say, there was no escaping the small stuff, mm. but... Is Brendan listening? No. <laughs> well, yes, he may well be. But, he's he's but, tied to a chair in the back <laughs> row there. But I was going to say, yeah. remember that the crap housewife's friend for the big stuff... Mm is the cupboard under the stairs. Yes. And that's where you put the people who don't clean the small stuff (laughs) in and you lock the door. Wow. Wow. I I just the police are on their way to your No, no, seriously, I can deal with pretty much crumbs. I just can't deal with the crumbs. I think dust might annoy you. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, Colin, are you a good housekeeper? Well, you've probably read my housekeeping blog. Where my latest entry, it was just this week, I put my top five housekeeping hacks. (laughs) Counting down from five. Yes. (laughs) 
Number five, combined tasks. Washing dishes, washing pets, washing clothes, washing cars, washing yourself. <laughs> Do you see the common thread amongst those tasks? Being, where where does most, this happen? Surely all that washing can be combined. As my Lebanese friend's grandmother would say, you're smart enough, you should know. One <laughs> <laughs> of my favourite family catchphrase. Does it happen in the bathroom? Number four. Bathroom? You're smart enough, you should know. Um, number four. Dress the night. You read books, obviously. Uh, number four, dress the night before. I, yes. I, had a, I had a housemate who did this. And um, I've got to say, it, 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 look, it works. It, it saved but, him but time. But no, don't, don't, don't no, 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 no. It's not good. Like, it was the thin end of the wedge. I can't say too much. He might be listening. But it wasn't good for, <laughs> for him. Number three. <laughs> Start a love is love, me too, student school strike, no plastic bags, egg a senator, grassroots activist movement. Yes. Mm. Right? To completely stamp out ironing. So the, the aim is to make ironing unthinkable. Mm. Like some of the, you know, the jokes on 70s sitcoms or smoking or uh, the cane, you know, at school. It's, people have got to say, how did we ever let that happen? Yeah. They need to think that about And I thought... Hashtag ironing is depressing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes! Uh, give him time it on the M5 depressing. to catch up. It's all right. Give him time. Yeah. Number two, ask your teenage child mm. how they can be so happy living in a pigsty. Mm. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And number yeah. one, my number one number house. One keep, yeah, my hack. number one house, yep. Kimmy Hack. Work a bit harder and get a cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, I remember... <laughs> I remember coming home once and my friend and I had been away for a while. Marley, my son, had been in the house by himself there for a week or so. And I thought, oh, that's fantastic. Look, he's bought a furry toilet seat cover. Nope. But he hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it was like the shower recess, honestly. It was like a wilderness area, you know. Yeah, yeah. It had its own ecosystem. It rained in there. You didn't need the shower. Yeah. Uh, look, why I think... do people think you need to clean the shower? Every time you have a shower, the shower I has know. a shower. I think a lot of early civilizations had the right idea. When, the, when things get messy, move. <laughs> you know, be nomadic. Right, this place is not good anymore. Yeah. We're out of here. Uh, me and yeah. my wife have a very good strategy, which mm. whenever we disagree about throwing something out, which is about every single time we've ever thought about throwing something out, we just put it in the garage. Um, If you don't have a garage, have a spare room, a cupboard, side path, something. Just put it down there where you can't see it, forget about it. Deliveroo as often as you can afford it. But when they deliver the food (laughs) or Uber Eats or something, say, hang on a tick, take all the food out, pour it into a big bowl, give them back all the crap they bought it in, all the plastic containers and whatever, so you're not... And um, a few things from your garage as well. Yeah, I was thinking that. Because it's empty when they leave. Yeah, You could could just, one of you distract them. Oh, and fill it up. And then fill it up. Like crack the golf club in half, put it in there. Just just generally fill it up with the old leftover stuff, school projects. Dog you, dog you don't want. Yeah. Throw <laughs> yeah, a Clancy yeah. in your go, boy. The dust. Yeah. Put all the dust in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and the last Whitney's one. Whitney's husband. Yeah, yeah. in he goes. The, the best bit of advice I've ever, ever received in 1983 from my friend Clinton Porteous, uh, who said, James, the difference between ironing and not ironing is about 20 minutes. Perfect. And I've lived yeah. by that ever since. Just get dressed 20 You're minutes You're going to be early. crushed in you the end. You don't have to put anything exactly. under your bed. Yeah, I, in fact, that's just something I don't think is fair. Like, we spend a lot of time ironing in our house, and I think you can tell by my uh, presentation. Yeah, but, and the uh, research. And then, and then you're someone who you've known for years, 
you find out, oh, yeah, we never iron. And I think that's not fair. We've, over the last five years, we've ironed so much stuff. And you, I never once thought in five years, you're a very creasy person. <laughs> well, so I, what my, does that say? Yeah, my daughter Mae was here tonight. It was, she was, it was, when she was eight, she pointed to the iron and said, Mum, what's that? <laughs> it was a bit, a bit sad. Wonder if it'll ring. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We have Wendy Harmer, Colin Buchanan, James O'Loughlin, and our great audience. Thank you for coming. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, now, robot baristas, robot yeah. baristas can make a hundred cups of coffee an hour. It was revealed this week, as many as four human baristas. Uh, quality is said to be good, but some worry we'll miss out on the oh, human interaction. That's right. What are the little human things you'll miss as various professions give way to machines? And which jobs do you think um, the lack of humans will prove yeah. most dire? Colin? Oh, well, I, I would, I've been inspired to write a little tune, if I, if I can be so bold. Is that... Uh, well, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, uh, this one, there's a little inspiration midway through that um, what people with little, little kids might notice. And I want a robot world. I want a robot life. I want robot kids. I want a robot wife. I want robot teachers in a robot school full of robot kids keeping robot rules. My might sound like a long shot, but I want to be a robot. <laughs> be a robot. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do you recognise it? Do you know the shark dance? Yeah, be a robot. Do, do, do. Well, how does it go again? Because I, I, you don't know. Do, 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 do. I want robot cars and I want robot roads. I want robot houses. I want to wear robot clothes. I want robot music and robot movies too. I'll drink robot coffee. I want robot brew. My barista's got a top knot. And he wants to be a robot. Be a robot. I want a shiny robot. A, B, C. Robot radio and robot TV. Robot play school. I want a little robot. Tony Jones. Robot Hydra Buttress as the CEO. Everyone run for clubber. Here comes a robot, Richard Glover. <laughs> Richard Glover. Do, 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 Well, uh, t- Tony Jones and I will take that as a comment. <laughs> I'm really glad that you didn't mention butchers in there because I don't want my butcher to be, my, to be taken over by a robot. I don't want a robot butcher. Because I have been relying, as I think many women here have for years, on the butcher mm. just making my day. Mm. Do you think a robot's ever going to say to you, G'day, love, back again, can't resist me meat, eh? You know? <laughs> Is, they, they can't program robots to do that. Or, oh, would you like a big-breasted bird? Who doesn't like a big-breasted bird? <laughs> would you like your rump tenderised on the way out before you leave? 
No. Hang on. No, robots wait, wait, wait. can't do that, <laughs> nor the million jokes about sausages and meatballs. Oh, this yeah, is just yeah, yeah. impossible. Yeah. What? We want to go to this butcher. Hang on. Show no. us the ABC. No. They, all have, they all have got a fantastic they smile and beautiful. a glint in their yeah. eye, and They're I think it's because only they know what's in the sausages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. robots can't wink while they're wrapping up your plump chicken thighs in paper. I wouldn't yeah. think so. I imagine a robot would wink like Tony Abbott and that's enough to make you go vegan, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> the robot butcher. Who, 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 don't, who don't you want to see? What, what jobs well, do you want to I'm very see? happy to, to the, for the baristas to be roboticised because I'm sick of the superior way oh. they look at you like they're performing a highly skilled task and they need sort of the, the technical skills of a surgeon and the artistry of Picasso to make you a hot drink. And if I never see that again, I will be very happy. Um, I'm very and, happy to... Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, though, but, you know, one of the things that coffee people do is they wait for the barista to misspell their name and then they post it on Instagram and Twitter. Oh. So, like, if you've got a robot that always spells your name correctly, that's half the fun yeah, gone, a lot of followers gone. Yeah. yeah, build that but, into the program, though, wouldn't they? Would mis- they? Mis- misspell every 20th name. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm very happy for the robots to take over and human action to be, uh, you know, very, very limited in the outside world because I have Netflix now. You know, I, I, I don't really need human interaction anymore and, and I've been comparing real people with people I see on Netflix mm. and the Netflix people, are, uh, they have better dialogue, mm. better <laughs> jokes. They have far more interesting and compelling character arcs. Yeah. Let me prove this to you. Which of these interactions would you before, prefer? Okay, typical real interaction in a shop. G'day, g'day. Nice day. Yep, pretty sunny. Yeah, it is sunny because it wasn't that sunny the last few days but now it's sunny. Yeah. Oh, so do you want that bread? Yeah, the bread will be good. Thanks, 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 thanks. Oh, it didn't go through. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Right? Or this bit of just random dialogue from the film Rocky before the final round when Rocky's battered and bruised. Can you do it in Rocky voice? No, I'm not very good at that. And also, no one else. You're a big fight tomorrow. I'm better at the drainer. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. How I look out there, Mick. Great, kid. Great. One more round. How do you feel? Fine. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. We, we got to stop the fight, kid. You gave it your best shot. Nobody's going to say you didn't give it your all. I can't let you go out there. I'll kill you. Don't you stop nothing. And then he went out and, you know... Well, lost. Um, <laughs> and obviously today he would have failed various concussion protocols. But it's just a more interesting world to live in and that's why yeah. I'm happy for humans to go and artificial no, humans I, I to... Want, I want him to go to the... I want some bread. <laughs> <laughs> why do you want some bread? Who, I just who want win- some quickly, bread. who are the winners and losers of the week? We've got a, a, a second, second. Uh, the, the winners were... Uh, OK, so the Brexit people, um, <laughs> they... They're the EU, people were kind of going away from Brexit and then the EU voted that you couldn't call veggie burgers veggie burgers anymore because people might think with the burger that they actually have meat in them and everyone who was thinking of going away from Brexit thought, they are stupid. That's the <laughs> nutty thing I've ever heard. Go Brexit. Please thank Wendy Harmer, Colin Buchanan, James O'Loughlin. Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday next week. Gene Kitson and Anthony Aykroyd will be here and Tommy Dean, music from Kerry and Greenland. Until then, I'm Richard Glover.
This is Colin Buchanan on the guitar. This is a broken CD player. Thank God it's Friday!